Welcome to episode 160 of Crack the Customer Code. Thanks to Audible.com for sponsoring this episode. Get your free audiobook and a 30-day free trial as a listener to this podcast by visiting audibletrial.com slash customer code. I'm Jeannie Walters, and I'm here with the customer service impresario himself, Adam Tapore. Adam, how's that title? <laughs> <laughs> that works. I can be an impresario. I like that. That's, a, that's very positive. There's no negative connotations. See? It's just like one in 20. I, I do that. So. Stick the knife in. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you get too comfortable. I've got to, you know, keep your ego in check. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. We're going to have a whole episode dedicated to this topic, but I don't want to mess up this one because we got a great guest today. We do and have a great guest. We don't need, we don't, we don't need your amateur Freudian uh, <laughs> whatever. I don't know. Jungian. What, what, what type of amateur psychologist are you, Jeannie? <laughs> I'm a Walter Sisson. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> wow. <laughs> it's so, so funny. I never heard of that in my undergrad. <laughs> huh. Huh. Yeah, it's new. It's modern. <laughs> yeah, Jeannie's hierarchy of needs. <laughs> Bother Adam, annoy yeah. Adam. <laughs> Messing with Adam's Adam. on there. <laughs> you have a whole pyramid, right? <laughs> I do. I do. It's up in my office right next to my poster of a kitty hanging off a tree. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, let's talk about somebody I like. So today's guest <laughs> is Blake Morgan. <laughs> we and, both like Blake a uh, lot. I know. <laughs> and so she's a fellow podcaster. She is a content machine, and she is also a regular contributor to Forbes. Yes, she's fantastic. She's been studying customer experience and customer service a long time, like you and I, and this year, or next year, sorry, she's going to be releasing her first book, which is called More is More. <laughs> I love the title. I think it's so funny. Yeah, you know, applied to anything but you. I actually think that's a great... <laughs> oh, see that? See, that was a good segue there. <laughs> you got to give me some points for that one. Well, you, you've already given yourself the points. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, I didn't think you were going to do it since you were the butt of the joke. But, <laughs> oh. uh, but you know, it's a, it's a cool title, and I like how we dig into what more really means in customer experience and how you can deliver more in different ways. So it's, it's fantastic. It's a great discussion. And... How about a little more information on Blake? I think that's a great idea. Go ahead and tell us. Wonderful. Blake Morgan is the author of More is More, How the Best Companies Work Harder and Go Farther to Create Knock-Your-Socks-Off Customer Experiences. She is an advisor, speaker, podcast host, and the president of SoCap's Northwest Chapter. She is a former customer service practitioner, having worked with and advised companies such as Intel, Verizon Wireless, and many more. She lives in Alameda, California with her husband and their baby girl. Welcome, Blake. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, guys. We're thrilled that you're here. So thanks for being here, Blake. And, you know, one of the things that I'm so excited about is that you are releasing a book next year, and it's called More is More, which I think is a great title, first of all. Um, but, you know, I'm wondering, can you tell us a little bit? Can you give us a little bit of a preview of of what it is and why it's called that and what we can expect? Yeah, so the title More is More is a play on words for less is more, which is something <laughs> we've all heard. Uh, but, but the title More is More plays to the idea that it's not about providing more content or more channels. It's about being really smart and focused in the energy that you provide to your customers. So it's about providing more energy 
um, and more effort into your customer experience, which is much more rare than we think. Uh, and if you want customers to continue to show up for your brand, you have to differentiate with that experience. Because if you think about it, Jeannie, Adam, you guys go to the store, say you want to buy a bottle of mustard. All of these products are largely the same. And it's not just mustard. It's when you buy your airline ticket. It's when you go to the gym. I mean, a mm -hmm. lot of these experiences are very similar. So how does a brand differentiate? It's through that customer experience. And this isn't a new idea. This is something we've all been talking about in the space for like 20 years. But <laughs> brands, yeah. So, But, but brands, who's counting? Oh, yeah. yeah, and no one's executing uh, perfectly. Very few companies uh, execute perfectly on customer experience. And it's a hugely missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, and you know what I liked about what you said? You talk about more is more. Lots of people immediately go to resources. You know, just we have to gi giving the customers more and that has a cost and things like that. But you, you brought up the word energy. And I think that's a key uh, to me, tell me, you know, I don't know what your book's about yet, but you're still writing it. But to me, that's a key part of the message, which is it's about being invested in the customer and being focused on the customer in more presence, more energy, more concentration on their needs. And I, I deal with frontline people a lot. So t talk to me about that. I mean, is that sort of part of how you're viewing this? Absolutely, Adam. It's all about the employee experience, because if you work with frontline employees, you know that if those employees feel appreciated at work, they're happy at work, they have everything they need to do their jobs well, they're given some fresh air during the day, they're given breaks, those employees are going to have more energy for the customer. And the customer is going to hear it, whether it's through their voice, through the call center, whether it's in a tweet uh, or a frontline employee at an actual store. So that employee experience is so critical when it comes to shaping customer experiences. And I think a lot of big companies forget that. Big companies have a short memory for a lot of things, I've found. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, one of the things that I think, you know, you mentioned 20 years, we've all been looking at this stuff and unpacking it, but in the last you know, less than a decade, one of the things that's really come up is this idea of social customer care and really reaching out to people and reacting in the new world that is, you know, how we communicate with social media and all these different things. And I think a lot of companies used to see this as a nice to have, but today's customer absolutely demands it. And I know you've written and spoken about this a lot. So I'm curious on your take of what should companies do to optimize that social customer care that they are offering today? Yeah, Jeannie, so a lot of these companies are already doing Twitter customer service. Maybe they have forums on their website or they're doing Facebook chat possibly. But now it's not about just showing up because we're already there. It's about being much more smart about how we engage the customer. And a lot of companies, you'd be shocked by how poorly they're executing on social customer <laughs> service. Like, for example... I recently had, I have a podcast show as well called the Modern mm -hmm. Customer Podcast, and I was having issues with my reviews. They weren't showing up. So I sent a tweet to the new Apple support Twitter handle, and I was so shocked when they actually sent me to like another website where I had to search through their forums. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of companies make this mistake where they're sending you to uh, a call center. So you're basically just being rerouted to another channel. And mm -hmm. that's not that's not in the spirit of social customer.
customer service. It's about personalized, relevant, just-in-time messaging. It's about the brand really listening to the customer and making it harder on themselves and easier on the customer. And it's not just Apple that I believe has really fallen on its face with social customer service. It's a lot of other brands where you can tell there's not a lot of collaboration among the company departments as well um, with marketing and customer service. A lot of companies, for example, make the mistake of having a million Twitter handles. So it's very confusing for the customer. And the customer has the task of going and finding the company rather than the company looking through search terms and smart algorithms, finding that customer who needs help. Um, so again, it's just still too mm -hmm. much focus on the customer effort. And here's another issue that we're still looking at. It's Facebook Messenger. It's getting smarter about our systems. Now we're looking at Facebook chatbots, but mm -hmm. these chatbots are still very robotic. We need to have the technologies that are built to listen to the customer. Um, we need to have them smarter to uh, to really listen to what the customer is saying. But we're just kind of scratching the surface um, with Facebook mess uh, chatbots and things like that. Well, and I so, think you bring up a really great point about rerouting customers because the reason they're reaching out to you in that channel is because that's how they want to communicate. And I know this happened to me where I got so frustrated that I wrote a blog post about an experience my family had with an airline and it got some traction. And so other people were tweeting the airline and they still weren't responding to me. And then finally I tweeted and said, hey, you know, this experience is something you can learn from with the link. And they tweeted back to me and said, that's for our customer service department and sent me an email link. And I was like, really? Like, you can't forward it? <laughs> wow. Um, and it was just so frustrating because anytime I've praised them on Twitter, they are back at me in like 30 seconds. Thank you so much. That's great. But this type of thing, it's like I felt like they were just passing me around because they didn't want to deal with it. And it, it's it's such a missed opportunity. Well, it's funny. Absolutely. And the... Uh, sorry to cut you no, off. No, no, you go ahead. Like, you're, you're the guest. You're supposed to be talking. Okay. I, I always talk here. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll, I'll just say this quickly, and then it's your floor. Um, basically, the experience you had, Jeannie, is a reflection, I think, of the employee experience. If you've ever worked in a big mm -hmm. company, often you're very siloed, and you don't even know if you're in customer service. You don't really know people who work in marketing and vice versa. So, again, I really believe the employee experience is so critical and what you're experiencing is just a reflection of what's going on inside the company. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. And, and to take that deeper, it, it comes down to a culture of not passing the buck. No matter what, no matter what silo you're in, you know, at some point there's a cultural impetus to either be customer-centric or not be customer-centric. And to direct people in a certain way or not direct them, but to not just pass the buck. And, you know, when you look at technology, you're mentioning the, you know, the Facebook and the chat bots, you know, to me, those are really just like advanced search engines right now. That's essentially their function. They're, they're, they really haven't replaced humans by, and we've talked about this a few times before. So how in these, these years where that artificial intelligence isn't really ready for prime time, what are some of the strategies for using technology to improve customer service? 
I'm going to go back to the employee experience I was talking about. Now it's about smarter workflows. Uh, companies like Verizon Wireless have um, blended teams where one team is working on multiple channels. They're not just doing Twitter or the call center or Facebook. So it's about taking that content that the customer gives you and feeding it back to the employees in a system that's really cohesive. The agent should not be working in and out of 10 systems. They should not have any kind of like rogue social media profile to help customers. It should all be in one beautiful kind of desktop application that they can easily see also on the phone or the tablet. I think that's that sounds so beautiful and perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, what are some of the challenges around achieving that? Like how how can companies who are listening to this, how can they really aim for that if they are living in this siloed, crazy world? I think a lot of these brands need to actually look to the vendors to collaborate with one another and to be really smart about their vendor choices and not just put a Band-Aid on something. Because most of these big companies are working out of CRM systems that were that were created 30 years ago, and they're just putting a Band-Aid here, a Band-Aid there. Um, but it takes a really great vendor to help kind of bring it all together to create a system that is seamless um, and, and not have 20 different CRMs within the company. So that's mm-hmm. a starting point. Thank mm-hmm. you, Blake. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no one ever looks at these things. They just say, oh, well, they suck. And yeah, I mean, yeah, these are really complicated things. We did a, a yeah. podcast. We'll link to it and make sure to send it over to you recently about you know Delta and upgrading uh, CRMs and upgrading systems and how difficult those challenges can be. And especially when mm-hmm. multiple divisions are working on different CRMs, as you were pointing out, or different systems. It can be tremendously challenging. So how do you how do you overcome that in the gap? And I know this is a hard question to sort of answer generically, but there's that gap between, okay, we know our system needs to be fixed, and here's the two- to three-year process it's going to take to fix it and change it and upgrade it. Uh, how, how do you work you know, with employees and uh, you know, organizations to fix that gap, to uh, deliver great experiences while you're in that transitional phase. So here's an example. You call your bank and the bank says, oh, sorry, you've reached the checking department. You need to call the credit card department. And then they send you on this sort of scavenger hunt to find the right person to help you. And then you finally get an agent on the phone and they take 20 minutes to help you. And the reason they take so long is they're working in and out of like 10 different systems and that's why you're waiting so long. (laughs) So I think even if your technology isn't up to par, you can really empower your people and your agents Mm -hmm. to make decisions on the fly. And here's the big misstep for a lot of these brands is they don't allow for variation. They don't account for variation. And they have their agents on such a tight leash that it just makes the customer experience so miserable and the employee experience because the employee is super frustrated. They can't help the customer or else they could risk getting fired. So again, even if your technology isn't great, if your management practices and your leadership is strong, you will be able to trust your people to train them well and to give them a long leash. I mean, that's a terrible like metaphor, but to give them, <laughs> I hate that, I hate that metaphor, but to give them some room to be human and help the customer. Like for example, Jeannie, with the tweet you sent the airline, they, that person, if they were thinking as a human and not as a corporation, mm-hmm. would have sent you a much more human response. And then you probably would have written a nice blog. It doesn't take mm-hmm. a lot. Right, right. That's, that's the truth. And I think that's something that is really um, 
overlooked a lot of the times. Like we talk a lot, you hear a lot about like doing huge things for customers and those little moments really can make a, a big difference. So, um, so to kind of bring this around, I'm curious about your personal experiences. So, you know, can you share either a favorite or maybe a least favorite example <laughs> of the great or not so great uh, customer experiences that you've had personally? I have a recent one because as we were chatting before the podcast, I just gave birth to a baby girl mm-hmm. Yay. Yeah, about a month ago. Yay. <laughs> and there's nothing more personal uh, to a customer than going into the hospital for an extended stay. Mm-hmm. And I was at Alta Bates Medical Center in Berkeley, California. And while their, their technology wasn't like the most advanced or, you know, the rooms weren't like the Ritz-Carlton, the people working there are the most amazing compassionate people, such as the nurses, the doctor mm-hmm. staff. And I was in the hospital for three nights and four days. And my labor was really, really tough. It was one of those like contractions for days and baby was 10 days late. It was really, really tough on Ugh. me. And just the things that the nurses will do for you, um, the way they treat you, it's just hard to replicate that in any other environment. I think that a hospital is such a great example because you are dealing with customers that are so at the point of need, which are usually that is customer service, helping customers in the point of need. But it's it's so it's so extreme. It's literally life and death. And while again there were problems with um, the delivery team, I even had asked one nurse to be removed from the the team helping me because I felt like she was negative. Every single thing that came up was addressed right away. And you could just tell the culture just oozed compassion, Mm. that the nurses loved their jobs, that they were empowered to do anything they could to make that patient stay more comfortable. So this brings me back to the idea that it's not all about having the fanciest technology, having the most seamless everything, but it's all, it's mostly about people, the way you lead them, the way you train them, onboard them, and that culture that's going to make or break your customer experience. Amen. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) And I totally agree. That's about the most personal experience you can have. And I'm I'm glad that you were treated so well. So that's a that's a great experience to share. Thank you. It's my pleasure. I I wrote an article about this in Forbes. I want I want all of the nurses that helped me to get raises and promoted. They're all, <laughs> they were so amazing. Anyone yeah. who has kids can attest to that. Adam, do you have kids? I do not, but uh, I've been in a hospital before. Okay, so you can relate. <laughs> and, I, and I and I've had experiences that run the gamut. And you're right. You know, when you're talking, it's it's a lot different. Like when you're ticked off because the cable guy is uh, two hours mm-hmm. late and you're ticked off because nobody will pay attention to you and you're bleeding. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's a different scale of need and that you know, it's, uh, even if it's not life or death, it's pain and comfort and serious repercussions and it really matters. And for you to have that experience when we, because we talk, we've talked a lot about healthcare in this podcast. I don't know if you've seen some of those episodes. It's, it's fantastic to see that and it's fantastic to see that hospitals and medical facilities are starting to get patient experience because it really is the place you are most vulnerable and need it. Mm-hmm. And here's another thought. There's so many industries that are disrupting these dinosaurs overnight, um, like the sharing economy and so many others. And I think the problem for these old dinosaur companies is they think that they'll be around in 10 years no matter what. 
And so while the, the healthcare example, it is life or death, I think that it's life or death for these brands that continue to operate in the old world, where these new kind of more exciting companies are coming out like Airbnb or Uber, for example, and they're just destroying industries overnight. And these brands don't have time to rest on their laurels. Companies like Airbnb and Uber are doing exactly what I'm talking about in the More is More book, which is about creating beautiful experiences for customers throughout their journey. So it's not just about putting out fires and damage control. It's about thinking very uh, intelligently about the entire customer experience from the first moment you're thinking of creating a product. It's not just about service. It's about every step of creating that product, executing that experience. Well, that's oh, that's such a brilliant point because I always say that, you know what? If ca- if cabs were doing a good job to begin with, Uber would have never mm-hmm. had the success they what they had. That's <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. And I always bring up brands like Kodak. You know, they they were around for literally centuries, and <laughs> it didn't take much when they stopped paying attention to what customers really wanted. Um, and so I think it's a really great point because there are many many dinosaurs that are still among us. And it's just when you're saying that, I just all these examples are popping into my head, like Netflix. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And in the book, I write about um, the founder of Netflix. He actually he created Netflix because he was driving to Blockbuster one day and he he was thinking about this late fee at like a $60 late fee. I think the movie was Apollo 13. He didn't want to tell his wife that he had to pay this like I think it was 40 or $60 late fee. (laughs) And then it was like he was going to the gym later that day, which which has a subscription member. It's one month, you know, to pay for a Mm -hmm. gym and you can go as many times as you like. And he was like, well, why can't it be better? And so these brands that don't think to themselves, why why, why not? Why, mm-hmm. why does it have to be this way are going to suffer? Yep, yep. 100%. Well, on, on that uh, positive but slightly negative note, <laughs> depending on your outlook, <laughs> I think that's a great place to uh, to wrap this up. And you know, Blake, we're so excited about your book and everything else. So where can people find you online? Oh, thank you, Jeannie. I love self-promotion. You can find me on Twitter <laughs> at um, Blake Michelle M. I have a show on YouTube called Blake's Take. I've got a, a podcast on iTunes called The Modern Customer Podcast. Or you can find me and my newsletter on my website, which is BlakeMichelleMorgan.com. Perfect. Yeah, you're everywhere. So keep up the good work. (laughs) Yes. And thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Blake. We hope you enjoyed episode 160 of Crack the Customer Code. You can see the show notes for this and all episodes. Subscribe and send us feedback, which we love, at crackthecustomercode.com. We also love your reviews. Please leave us reviews and ratings on iTunes. I'm Jeannie Walters. Stay current on the latest customer experience trends and insights and see my TEDx talk at 360connects.com. And I'm Adam Tapore. You can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and training as well as my book, Be Your Customer's Hero, at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.